Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am Kate Majuk. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosier. You could follow him at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow. Uh, tell your friends to tell their friends to leave their uh, their friends five-star reviews on the show. Help others find it. Uh, it means a lot to us. And don't forget to check out the YouTubes where we're streaming live, guys. You can come in here and ask us your questions. So check us out wherever you exist here in the social media verse or your podcast app. Marcus, happy Monday. Another week is almost in the books. Yeah, week uh, 12 has been crazy. Uh, we want to say how we hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. We're, no, we're still recovering from Thanksgiving. Uh, it's been <laughs> ridiculous. But uh, we've got some, some big storylines to talk about, Kate, from week 12. And we should start with some running backs and some injury stuff because, man, this was a brutal week. This was an absolutely brutal week. Lots of things not to be grateful for, I would say. If I could sum it up in a couple of words, we did have Christian McCaffrey, who was finally looking like himself, mm -hmm. uh, leave the, the stadium in a walking boot. Not good. Sounds like he rolled his ankle and it's it's just it's uh, it's chaos. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to a point now where I think we can officially call Christian McCaffrey a little bit injury prone, right? He he has not played a lot over the last two years, Kate. In fact, since the end of 2019, he's only played in 10 games, and he's left four of those games early. Like, are we just at the point now where Christian McCaffrey is somebody where we've probably got to realize we're not going to see a 16-game season from him anymore. We're probably never going to see, like, a 14-game season. It's just it's going to be so hit or miss with him going forward. I'm not willing to throw in the towel just yet because every time he does touch the ball, still amazing things happen. Mm. Uh, and when he is fully healthy, he does get that workload still. Um, another injury though, to a big name running back, Dalvin cook suffered a shoulder dislocation Yeah. now on its own, uh, like not, not great, especially for a running back that takes lots of contact, lots of hits to the shoulder area. But Dalvin Cook has a bit of an injury history when it comes to these shoulder dislocations. I think I uh, I had noted four four shoulder yep. dislocations. Well, and he's got one in the other shoulder right now, so he's both shoulders are banged up now. Both shoulders are literally falling out of their sockets. That's not good, um, especially yeah. for a guy that has an injury history with this particular ailment. And the thing with Cook is you're already seeing it affect his play. Over the last three weeks, he's averaging just 3.9 yards per carry. And this is somebody, you know, for most of his career was one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL. So only two touchdowns. Uh, he's averaging 73 rushing yards per game, which is fine. It's it's good. But you paid a lot of times top five, top six prices for Dalvin Cook. And he's just not returning that value. It's been a, It's been a rough year for him. Well, and here's the issue too. So I, I think there's one, uh, you know, there's, there's one Avenue that I feel like happens and then there's not, it's the road less traveled or there's the path always traveled the road less traveled for me, for these NFL teams seems to be the route where you have your stud running back. You've paid him, but 
his backup is extremely careful, like capable of just filling into I think that I know role. Where you're going with this. The game doesn't change much with Alexander Madison as opposed to Dalvin Cook. That is the road less traveled by. Uh, most roads, uh, if your if your stud is out, there's there's some issues. But like players like Ezekiel Elliott also mm. banged up, has a very solid backup, and I don't think we necessarily see the game plan change all that much when he's the focal point as opposed to Zeke. No, and I think you could even make an argument that when Pollard's the lead guy, the Cowboys' offense is better. He's just a more explosive running back. And uh, we've seen some reports that the Cowboys are considering shutting down Ezekiel Elliott, not putting on the injured reserve list, but giving him Getting two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah, give him some rest because he's banged up, Kate. Uh, do you know how many rushing yards he is averaging since October? Can't imagine it's much, Marcus. 44. 44 rushing yards since October. Uh, not great. He definitely doesn't look as explosive as he did early in the season. He's not getting the workload that we're used to seeing. Uh, since, you know, over the last eight games, he's averaging 12 and a half carries per game. I think it's time to shut him down for a while. And listen, if you're a Tony Pollard owner, you got to be thrilled with this, right? Because you're going to see him in a full-time ro- role for the next few weeks. We saw it a little bit last year. In the game in which he started and Ezekiel Elliott was out, I believe he was the RB1 that week. Uh, Tony Pollard is going to be somebody who ha- has a lot of value for the rest of the season. Yeah, not too shabby. I do have I do have some Tony Pollard shares. And yes, I am feeling a little, little bit of pep in my step this morning in those leagues. Now, like I think this just interestingly brings up the conversation of uh, the concept of handcuffing. Because... Yeah. I feel like this has been something that's been very heavily debated. Uh, it, you know, should you handcuff your top end running backs, especially in a dynasty league where depth is, it is it's key. Uh, you can't survive a season in a dynasty fantasy football league. You can load up your team with studs, but if you don't have depth there to support that, you're not going to make it very far in your season. So, what is your general concept when it comes to handcuffing? Are you a believer in this process? Uh, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, uh, that just refers to owning the backup, rostering the backup. Um, so if you're yeah. the Ezekiel Elliott manager, you're you're rostering Tony Pollard and vice versa. I got some really strong thoughts on handcuffing, Kate, because I, this Woo. is something that we've, if you're a fantasy football owner, you've struggled with this for a long time. I remember... I mean, a few years ago, actually it was more than a few years ago, in just redraft leagues, Ben Tate was like a seventh or eighth round pick behind Arian Foster because uh, everybody thought, hey, if Foster goes down, Ben Tate's going to be automatically the RB1. I think it's all dependent on the guys that are behind the star running backs. For example, we know Tony Pollard, hashtag good at the game, right? And every time he touches the ball, he he makes plays. I'm not necessarily going out and buying or trading for guys that are only going to play because of injury, right? Like, and their, their only value comes from volume. Let's let's touch on a guy that you love so much, Kate, uh, Benny Snell, right? But if, nope. If Najee Harris goes down, <clears throat> no, thank you. I don't think Benny Snell is the guy that you you're going to ever play because yes, he might get you 15 touches. What's he going to do on those touches, right? So Probably I think it negative really, four yards. Yeah, it really depends on the player for me. Like Alexander Madison, yes, I think he's good. Tony Pollard, obviously, I think he's pretty good. Chuba Hubbard, 
Yes. I, I don't know. You, I know you Whatever like Chuba a little good. bit more than I do, right? Yes, I do. Uh, I think yeah. Chuba is hashtag good at football. And I, I mean, even in the limited role that we saw, um, he was perfectly productive for fantasy. He was involved as a receiver. Um, now, I it, like I, I genuinely uh, I think you're right. I think it definitely depends on like the rushing scheme. The the value of a handcuff is so dependent on on the rushing scheme and whether or not that can translate to the backup. Uh, Benny Snell, like I I've had so many people ask me before, who's the backup? Because uh, because y'all know I'm a big Najee Harris fan. <laughs> Hashtag Steeler or Najee Harris jersey right behind my head. That's um, true. But I've had people ask me who is his handcuff and. Like I can firmly say there is no handcuff. Well, um, I've got an idea. It, it just wouldn't translate. Let's, we're going to play a game. Uh, we're we're going to go through some some of the backup running backs in the NFL right now <clears throat> and see which guys that might be a good idea to target before the playoffs start because we've got playoffs starting here in, what, two weeks in most leagues, three weeks in most leagues. Yep. Uh, let, let's go through some names. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about DirecTV. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite shows, sports, movies, and all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. All right, Kate, let's let's talk about some running backs here that uh, could potentially be league winners because of the way injuries are. Uh, you know, happens so frequently at the running back position. Um, all right. Samaj P. Ryan for the Bengals. Is that somebody that you should maybe go out and make a trade for just because of the workload there in Cincinnati? Um, yeah, probably just, okay. uh, it's a volume based volume based play. Not okay. the biggest fan of Samaj P. Ryan, but I do think that I mean, this is uh, an offense who made a very big statement game yesterday. They're going to score points regardless. I think pretty much any running back getting getting touches in this system could be potentially valuable. All right, I, I agree with you. Ronald Jones. No. No. He did get a little <laughs> bit more work yesterday and looked he did. competent. Guys, but I, I, can't, I can't trust Ronald Jones because there has been – too much opportunity. I think Ronald Jones yeah. has to be one of the lowest value handcuffs in the NFL right now for all of fantasy football. It's just that offense is so good, but I think I agree with you. I, I just don't think Brady trusts him at all. No, and that, like uh, Ronald Jones, best pure rusher, I think, on that team. But the issue comes down to he's clearly not trusted. He has had opportunity after op opportunity yep. to earn more touches, and he hasn't. Uh, all right, let's let's give you one more. Um, how about Marlon Mack? So he's been a healthy scratch most weeks. Um, actually requested a trade. The Colts said no. Is that somebody worth going out and getting because we know how well the Colts can run the ball? I I actually would be really interested in Marlon Mack for my fantasy teams. Um, and it comes down to a couple of things. Obviously, they're going to run the ball. I think this is a much better team than most people give them credit for. Mm -hmm. um, but also it comes down to like seeing Marlon Mack in his return from the torn Achilles. He looks good. Uh, he looked it, like uh, we were all screaming at the television because we did not want him to see the carries. We wanted Jonathan Taylor to get those touches. But he's looked 
like he has plenty of burst, plenty of pep in his step. Um, I do think that with a, you know, a relatively high complement of touches, which I'm sure he'd be sharing with Naeem Hines, he could be very fantasy relevant. Just really quickly, I'm looking at Dynasty League football right now and some recent Marlon Mack trades, like a fourth round rookie pick in 2022. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have Jonathan Taylor, right? This is the exact time to go out there and do that because if you have Jonathan Taylor right now, you're probably making the playoffs. I'm just going to go ahead. That's a bold call right there. So if it only costs you a four-round pick to basically lock up the lead running back of that team throughout the next three, four, five weeks, I think that's a good call. Uh, I actually have a question for you. Don't move on. Don't move on. I have a question for you. Okay, so tell me. um, Now, like, obviously, the – the concept of handcuffing is to secure your own backfield but there is another strategy out there that involves stealing everybody else's handcuffs and i think this is the way to go right like tell me what is your thought about that because i actually prefer this method i prefer to go get other people's backups uh than to secure my own because i generally think you you could have a higher hit rate there well all right, so that's a good question. Um, if you're in a short bench league, this is really hard to do, right? Because yes. it's hard to just keep running backs on your team that are just waiting for opportunities. Now, if you have big benches, it's it's fine. You can do that. I have no problem with that at all. I, in fact, I do that every Saturday and Sunday before the game starts. I'll just load up on all the backup running backs, throw on the waiver wire, sit them on my bench, and then cut them as I need to. What what's tricky here is if you are in a you know a league that only has seven or eight bench spots. I want my backup running backs to have some standalone value where, hey, if I need to slide them in as a what-the-heck flex, I can do that, and they're fine. Pollard's a great example. Like, you can get 10 points from Tony Pollard in a lot of weeks, and he's going to be fine. But Marlon Mack, that's where it gets tricky. Tony Pollard has had three top 24 weeks this season, uh, (laughs) essentially as a backup. That's, That's pretty incredible. Four performances of four or 10 or more fantasy points. You got to love that. Love it. Uh, we, we should also talk about some of the big performances on Sunday. Let's let's stick with the Buccaneers. We were just talking about your guy, Ronald Jones, uh, who, again, had, had a fairly nice day. He had seven carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. Good for him. But the story <laughs> here is playoff Lenny, Lenny Fournette. Uh, 17 carries for 100 yards and three touchdowns on top of seven receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. Now he's been a little bit up and down this season. Obviously this is a huge game, but is Leonard Fournette somebody you can trust going forward? I think he is. And I think he has to be one of the least expensive uh, RB ones rest of season um, for you to trade for if you're in a position to win now, because the value of Leonard Fournette, uh, I, I was just in a, League where unfortunately I didn't have the picks to make the trade and I was very disappointed. But um, our, the Leonard Fournette manager was offering him for a second rounder. How often do you get to nab a like a, an RB one rest of season for a second round pick? Mm-hmm. If you're in a win now position, that's invaluable. Like yes, you'll trade your second rounder all day if it means that you might have that playoff contention spot. Because you know what? It's probably going to be a late second if it's your own. Well, that's a really good question because I'm looking at Dynasty League football right now, and I'm seeing at least seven or eight trades where it's 
Fournette for a 2022 first round pick. And I'm assuming the team that's giving up a first round pick is a you know contender. Maybe they lost like a Derrick Henry or a Christian McCaffrey. And they want somebody to help them make a playoff push because pick 11 and 12 isn't all that valuable. Is that something you'd be comfortable doing, Kate? Absolutely. Uh, if I have the necessary depth, like if I if I think this is the team that can do it. I absolutely will, but it's always going to be a gamble because if I'm making that trade, I'm I'm banking on that being the 112 or the 114, yeah. whatever the last pick in your draft is. Um, but if, if you if you think you have the tools and you have the depth, yes, absolutely. Yeah, this it's really interesting. He he hasn't got a ton of work over the last couple of weeks, like uh against the Saints, eight carries, against Washington, eleven carries, Giants, ten carries. It's just the touchdowns seem like they come in bunches. And what's actually surprisingly good about Fournette this season and actually through his career is just the volume in the passing game. Against Washington, eight receptions. Against the Giants, six receptions. Against Indianapolis, seven receptions. If he's giving you six catches a week, you can live with him only getting 12 carries in the run game. So I think I agree with you. I, I think he's going to be a little bit of a boomer bust RB1, but the ceiling is just so high here. Yeah, I at this point in your season and just in fantasy football, everybody is a boomer bust. Doesn't seem to matter. Like, let's talk about. Uh, I know we wanted to talk about all the successes, but uh, I want to talk about one big, big bummer. Uh, hashtag big bummer from week twelve. Can we can we save it for after the break? This is a little bit of a tease. How's that work? Ooh, I like that. I okay. like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's tell you guys about Bet Online. It remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving and through the holidays. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile web- website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Uh, we also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate uh, with amazing flavors, low calories, high protein. If you go to BuiltBar.com uh, right now, you can actually save 20% off your next order. All you have to do is use promo code LOCK20. That is 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Kate, let's go. Let's hear it. That was the ultimate teaser, um, and now I want a built bar so bad. Uh, so we teased the audience, and now I teased myself because I really want a built bar. Um, I, we need to talk about Saquon Barkley, who has oh, been yeah. um, not not everything we want. Obviously, Saquon Barkley uh, still returning from the ankle injury, um, and his first game back only played thirty six offensive snaps, but. Yesterday, we saw him get a full complement of offensive snaps, and that only amounted to 17 touches. But uh, that's not bad, but he was quite unproductive with those touches. Only totaled 53 yards from scrimmage, no touchdowns. Um, Right now, over on Dynasty League Football, um, in their latest mock draft round, he was the RB7. Uh, In average, went in the second round. 24 years old, obviously, like he hasn't had all of these miles on the tires that we're looking at for a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. 
Does RB7 feel right for you? No, it feels way too high. I mean, we're at a point where he hasn't done anything at all recently, Kate. Like his last 100-yard rushing game, I'm looking at it now, was in December of 2019. We've gone two full years without him rushing for 100 yards. In fact, Kate, we haven't had a a game where he's had over 60 rushing yards since December of 2019. So I think we're all remembering how good he was as a rookie. And then he started off the 2019 season looking good. And then he got hurt. And then basically from that point on, he has not played well. Uh, I'm going to give you one more quick stat. You ready? From from September 2019 until now, he has 1,000 rushing yards. That's almost three full seasons. And he has a combined 1,000 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Wow. I don't get it. I, I don't understand why he's that high. Um, that's actually the lowest his ADP has ever been in the history of Dynasty League football mock drafts. The lowest it's ever been. Pretty, pretty, I mean, just kind of bonkers. Um, let's look at a couple of trades here. Uh, they're a little crazy. They're a little crazy. Oh, I'm ready. Saquon Barkley for Taylor Heineke and a first and second, uh, sorry, 2022 first and 2023 second round pick. So I'm assuming this is a super flex league, right? It's got to be a super flex, but that is still um, a little bonkers for me. That that's a little low, but yeah, I mean, that just shows you where we're at, where that's even a conversation, right? The fact that that's a conversation at all is definitely, um, definitely. This is another trade that I do. All right. DJ Moore, a 2022 first, a 2022 fourth. For Saquon Barkley, Cortland Sutton, a third and a fifth. You're yeah, taking I, I, Saquon I, Barkley there, right? Yeah, I, I think I would agree with you. Now that that one's a little tricky, just because you are getting another receiver back. But yeah, I mean, this is probably the time to buy Saquon. But at the same time, he's shown us nothing over the last three years that indicates he's an RB one. And Kate, I mean, it sounds weird, but. He's going to be 25 years old uh, next. I mean, here in just a couple months, and we know running backs basically once you get to that age 26 season, you're, it's kind of all downhill. We're almost already there. This is this is rough. But the touch volume isn't there. He hasn't even had 750 touches so far in his young career. I think, um, you know, isn't that the scary the part injuries- though? That he already has all these injuries without without the touch volume. It is, um, but I'm. I think the upside is too high there. Like, it, I mean, listening to those trades, um, I would have done every single one of them. I think this is the time to test the waters because obviously, um, RB seven feels high for Saquon yep. Barkley, but um, that valuation uh, says you can trade for him at much lower than the RB seven value in Dynasty right now. Uh, just a couple quick things before we head out. Um, I, just I want like one sentence answers on these ones or thoughts. Or are you ready? Uh, Joe Mixon, twenty eight for one sixty five and two touchdowns on uh, Sunday. King of volume. <laughs> he had a hundred rushing yards in the first half against the Steelers. Actually, he had nineteen carries in the first half of the Steelers. Uh, I wanted just... to vomit next. <laughs> uh, T Higgins six for one fourteen in the touchdown, all in the first half. 
uh, all of that upside has always been there. I love T. Higgins. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Moore, 4 for 46 on eight targets. Down game. Uh, still buying Elijah Moore? Yes, but Zach Wilson is toxic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence, yesterday's top two receivers were Laquan Treadwell and Tavon Austin. Oh my God. The Jaguars are so bad. Um, they are so bad. Also, Urban Meyer benched James Robinson for a fumble. Get out. Just and he put in Carlos Hyde. Tells, yeah. That tells you everything you need to know about the Jaguars. Uh, yep. Yikes, until they figure it out. Uh, Cordero Patterson, 16 carries for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Two uh, receptions for 27 yards. Uh, still an RB1? Still an RB1. He's a stud muffin. Um, Cam Newton, 521 for 92 yards, two interceptions. Did have a rushing touchdown. Uh, you probably aren't playing Cam in any league, right? Um, I, I actually think this is a one-off. He was the QB four, uh, in his first week returning. Um, I, I, I'm still holding out hope that Cam Newton, I like, I think there's probably no quarterback that I'd love to put in my QB two slot and a two quarterback or super flex league, but more than Cam Newton right now. All right. Last one before we head out, <laughs> Jalen Waddle, is he closer in dynasty value to Jamar Chase or Devonte Smith? I think he's closer in value to Devonta Smith, but I don't think uh, like perceived value. Um, I think the ceiling for Jalen Waddle, we saw um, just how fast, uh, like the one takeaway that I have from that game is that one breakaway uh, play mm -hmm. huge yards after the catch, the speed um, you might've forgotten how speedy and how uh, amazing he can be after the catch because of what uh he, he looked like after this foot injury and he didn't look like he had that same speed. We saw it yesterday. Jalen Waddle's a very talented wide receiver. Um, and I think Tua looks like he's on the right track. I would go by Jalen Waddle because I, I think this, the ceiling is quite high, but yeah. it, we haven't caught up in terms of the evaluation yet. In the last four games with Tua, Jalen Waddle is averaging 86 and a half receiving yards per game. Not too bad. I still think people are sleeping on him a little bit. PPR he's getting a yeah, he's getting a ton of volume too. Uh, this season, he's averaging 8.6 targets per game. Pretty impressive. So uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download the show wherever you get your podcast. You can watch us on YouTube. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Kate and I will be back on Friday to talk about the Cowboys, I guess, on Thursday Night Football. Uh, and we'll preview week 13. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye.